This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, welcome back to KVMR, Gary. It's uh, nice to have you back. Uh, How was your experience teaching at the Economics University in Vienna? And I'm curious about how that compared with Zoom teaching. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. It's nice to be back after two months on the road teaching and vacationing. Um, It was great teaching in person again, and I had a really terrific group of students. Um, It was a nice combination, about half women and men and about half from the economics university and half international students. Um, Since the class had a large group of exchange students from the United States, I had them concentrate on the Federal Reserve's monetary policy decision process, while the European and other students focused on how the European Central Bank makes monetary policy. Well, the uh, Federal Reserve was back in the headlines, Gary, in June, as you know, when they announced their monetary policy decision to hold their target interest rate unchanged. Was that a surprise to you? No, Paul. The Fed's decision not to raise their target short-term interest rate target in June and leave it at the 5% to 5.25% range really wasn't a surprise. I think a lot of economists and Fed followers were expecting the Fed policymakers were likely to pause their interest rate hikes in June and take a little more time to see how inflation and the economy were performing after the Fed's you know, 10 interest rate increases since March of 2022. We're also looking to see if there were potential impacts from the 2023 um, banking failures and the threat that the U.S. could default on its risk-free debt securities. You know, And finally, there were several Fed policymakers um, who had been indicating in speeches and the public uh, comments that you know, if there weren't any major shocks to the economy or the financial system, they might support taking a pause from raising rates at the June meeting to sort of get more sense of what's, what's happening. Well, Gary, the Fed policymakers in their statement and and the Fed chairman, Powell, continued to indicate that their future monetary policy decisions would be, quote, data dependent. What kind of data do they look at when they're making those decisions? Well, the Fed policymakers will be looking at a wide range of economic indicators to make measure the pulse of the economy, inflation, the financial system, you know, and try to get a sense of how well it's performing and trends are emerging in the economy and the financial system. Uh, Is it doing what they expect it to do or or not, you know, and and, uh, from that, try and come up with the correct policy. You know, and many of those data series that they're looking at are going to be familiar with us or to us, Um, inflation rates, new job creation, changes in the unemployment rate income and consumer spending growth, investment spending, financial market conditions, surveys of business and consumer expectations are you know, very useful for looking forward-looking um, indicators. Um, and then, of course, you also want to look at interest rates and interest and inflation expectations. What do the markets think is going to be happening there? You know, and of course, they plug some of these data, also many of these data um, series into models that um, they use to make projections for where the economy is like to, likely to go in the future. Well, Gary, what are some of those indicators telling us uh, right now about inflation and unemployment? For example, is the economy still growing? 
Well, the good news was that the uh, GDP or the revised gross domestic product figures uh, for the first quarter were revised upward from only 1%, uh, 1.3% growth in the first quarter to 2% growth, which is about average or maybe even a little better than average. Um, so that's you know, that was good news um, for the economy's performance. Um, but second, the inflation rate by nearly all measures remains well above the 2% inflation rate that the Fed would would like to see in the in the longer run, and the um, in the last week the personal consumption expenditures price index um, for all goods and services you know ro- rose at a 3.8 percent annual rate over the 12 months ending in May. That's uh, certainly an improvement from 4.3 percent in April. Um, that's progress, but of course it takes a long time for a central bank like the Federal Reserve to slow the economy by raising interest rates, and even more time for the slower economy to bring down the inflation rate and you know and i think that's why the fed policymakers are not projecting getting close to their two percent inflation goal until the end of 2025 my goodness that's that's a ways off (laughs) (laughs) yeah um gary uh the unemployment rate rose in may do you think that is a signal that the economy is slowing down and that the fed's policy of raising interest rates to slow down the economy and inflation uh, that uh, that policy is working well, Paul, uh, just just one one monthly movement in that uh, data series is is probably <laughs> not enough to make that decision on. It's you know, too early to tell. I think economic data can be noisy; it means that they you know jump around and don't normally follow perfectly smooth patterns. Um, the for example, the April unemployment rate was the lowest unemployment rate in about 50 years. So while the U.S. headline unemployment rate rose to 3.7 percent in May, that is still a very low unemployment rate, and it's well below the Congressional Budget Office's estimate of about 4.4 percent for for an estimate of full employment. And moreover, the the U.S. economy is still adding jobs at a very strong pace. It averaged over. 300,000 new jobs a month in April and May. That's quite strong, and it's certainly consistent with the revised 2% growth rate in total output um, in the first quarter of 2023. Um, You know, and then this Friday, we'll get the June unemployment rate figures and the payroll job numbers. Um, They'll be published, and that should give us an updated view on labor market performance. Um, So stay tuned for those numbers on Friday. You know, if the news is too good, the Fed will be more likely to raise their target short-term interest rates by another one quarter percent at the end of their, at the end, (laughs) excuse me, at their meeting at the end of July. It's kind of odd in a sense. Uh, if, if too much good news is bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, bad. it's good good news if you're uh, trying to avoid a recession. It's bad news if you're uh, trying to bring down inflation. Complicated stuff, Gary. One more question yep. for you. Gary, the Fed policymakers also made some projections for the economy in June. How do you read that data? And what are they projecting for interest rates, growth, labor markets, and inflation. Okay, Paul. Well, going forward, their median projections show that they expected only slow growth in real uh, GDP, that's inflation adjusted, for the full years 2023 and 2024. They're expecting about 1% growth. And that, you know, that also suggests to me that they're probably not expecting a recession this year. Um, With the slower growth, the unemployment rate is projected to rise modestly to 4% 
4.1% by year in 2023, and then up to 4.5% by year in 2024 and 2025. Um, That's still at or near full employment, so that's good news. You know, and I think it's a positive sign that both the, (laughs) they're consistent at least, that the growth in the economy and labor market projections are consistent with the Fed policymakers' projections of the um, personal consumption inflation rate index slowing down to about a 3.2% rate of growth by the end of 2023. Interest rates, that's another question. In in June, the Fed policymakers were projecting two more quarter point uh, target interest rate increases by the end of 2023. And, you know, those increases would continue the Fed's policy of slowing the economy and should help bring down the inflation numbers going forward, maybe even a little faster. But, you know, so so far, uh, at least that has been happening without necessarily triggering a recession. Um, you know, so, so you know, so far it's good news. I think on on that front for all of us. Gary, uh, great to have you back on KVMR, and we'll we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Paul. Good to be back. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.